Okay. <clears throat> you ready? Born ready. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> This, 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 is, 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 Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? Welcome to the show. There's plenty of confusion as to why I have decided to name this particular show Box Office. See where I'm going with that, then. Works, it just works. Works they, on so many levels. Didn't want to confuse you, mate, or anything like you that. You have, but anyway. Maybe I've confused everybody else. Maybe I need to change the name of the show. I don't know, but we've started now. <laughs> I can't turn back the tape. <laughs> the confusion continues between me and Nick as I compare Anthony Joshua to one of the greats. Oh, Jesus Christ, Adam. Now, when, 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 when what I, have you been drinking? Well, I don't know. Some antifreeze or something. I don't know. But <laughs> And to carry on this weird theme that we seem to be having this week, Nick has a go at some other sports. Yeah. There's, there's people out there who actually like cricket. Can you believe that? <laughs> people actually follow cricket. It, it baffles me. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, welcome to our preview show. Um, we are the Fight Disciples. That does sound quite regal. But when I say we, I mean you as well. So thank you very much for being a part uh, of what we are doing. If, the, if you've just stumbled across this and you don't subscribe, please hit the subscribe button. You won't be disappointed. Three free podcasts every single week. And this week, we've knocked out a couple more because it's an epic epic uh, fight week and this show is dedicated to obviously going through everything that is going on in the world of boxing uh, this weekend in particular in Manchester Anthony Joshua back in action um, I'm going to I'm going to make a statement now because mm-hmm. the title of this preview is called Box Office so people might think that's a bit ambiguous where are they going with this so I'm going to say not a box office fight but Anthony Joshua is a box office fighter discuss <laughs> Well, it is a box office fight, though, so it's kind of. It Do you works. think though? Do you think it's a box office well, fight? It, no, I, I just mean it, it actually is. Yeah, I know, I know, office. a fact. It actually is. I know a fact. Office. You've got to pay sixteen quid to see it. I know that, yeah, yeah. but is it in your opinion? No, it isn't. Is it a no, box of course office it's fight? not. No, of course it's not. No, no, of course it's not. But, but Anthony a, Joshua but is. is box office. So. Yeah, gotcha. See where I'm going with that. Then. Works. It just works. Works they, on so many levels. Didn't want to confuse you, mate, or anything like you that. You have, but anyway. Maybe I've confused everybody else. Maybe I need to change the name of the show. I don't know. But we've started now. I can't turn back the tape. When I say box office fighter, he is... I might be making some serious, serious statements here, but is Anthony Joshua our version of Muhammad Ali? Jesus Christ, Adam. Now, when, when, when what have I, you been drinking? Well, I don't know. Some antifreeze or something. I don't know. But <laughs> the, why, why I say this is because I can't really remember a heavyweight with his commercial appeal in my time. Frank Bruno kind of had it, but he didn't... Maybe he didn't have... Frank Bruno was famous because he was everyone's... It was like Uncle Frank, wasn't it? Yeah. He didn't have that... You know, he wasn't like an absolute... He looked incredible, but he wasn't like a... We didn't associate him with being an elite athlete where you're like Anthony Joshua. You mm. kind of... You'd, you'd fancy Anthony Joshua to be good at rugby union. You'd fancy him to be good at, you know, a good sprinter. You know, he just, lo- he just looks like an Olympic athlete. He looks like an Adonis. He looks the part talks the talk but he's got all that commercial stuff do you know like advertising products all that yeah. type of stuff he's got everything absolutely the whole thing he has got the lot yeah and that's what i'm saying around okay maybe not maybe not talent wise or groundbreaking certainly not talent wise all right or, or groundbreaking in the way that muhammad ali was back in the day because he was the first and the greatest of all time of course he was but there's something about anthony joshua that i've not seen before in my time as i walk the planet i've not seen it before yeah, in terms of a heavyweight. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, yeah, I've seen it in other divisions, but yeah, I yeah. haven't seen it. I haven't, I haven't seen this at the heavy... I mean, the heavyweight is the glamour division, mate. So I, I, this is the peak for me. I've not seen this, but, especially but from a British. We've never really had a heavyweight of this calibre. Obviously, you know, I'm not including Lennox Lewis here, the greatest British heavyweight of all time, because yeah. Lennox wasn't born and raised necessarily in in the UK. He wasn't based in the UK. Obviously, he, he lived in Canada, grew up there, yeah. and he was based in the US. He was based in Jamaica and everything else. He wasn't walking the streets of London every day. Yeah. Like Anthony Joshua is, he's not... Lennox had huge sponsors and huge associations with some huge major brands, but they just weren't necessarily British brands. Obviously, Anthony's got the connection, you know, the the French connection deal, and he's got a deal with you know so many other brands that we're very familiar with. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's the fact that he feels more ours. He yeah. feels more British because. Do you know what he, it feels he like? Walks as we walk, and you know, I've got maybe I've got a better boxing comparison. Maybe the better boxing comparison is Klitschko. And then maybe the sporting analogy that I can throw towards him is Beckham. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is that the household name? I mean, we're talking about boxing. This is a, this is still niche. There's not a, not everybody that in England knows about boxing or is into boxing, but they know about Anthony Joshua. Yeah. There's there's people out there who actually like cricket. Can you believe that? <laughs> people actually follow cricket. It, it baffles me. But yeah, I, I know what you're trying to say. I I think I know what you're trying to say. Anthony Joshua is something that, that very special. Is he a once in a lifetime athlete? Is he a once you know? Yeah. A, a reserve judgment at the moment. We've seen him fight seventeen professional fights, mm-hmm. seventeen hand-picked opponents. I, I'm not saying I'm not knocking Anthony Joshua for that. I'm not knocking his what he's achieved. You know, at the end of the day, he's IBF world champion. But every single opponent he's had, because he is such a talent, because there's so much expectation alongside him, every opponent we've had for Anthony Joshua has been a hand-picked opponent. We've not seen him in with anybody that's forced their way in there, if you like, that's forced their hand to fight him. Do you know what I mean? I've never seen him in with someone where I've thought, like, wow, this is tough. This this is the one. You know, this is the tough opponent. Obviously, the, the Klitschko fight being rumoured for April next year at Wembley, that will be, for me, that will be Anthony Joshua's first real test. And in that, I mean, the first time Anthony Joshua will enter the ring, potentially as the underdog. not as favourite. Yeah. Exactly. Not as not as the underdog. To, to, to liken him alongside the Lennox Lewis's and even Frank Bruno's of this world, never mind the greatest of all time. <laughs> I think we've got to see him actually go in there against no, against adversity. No, mate, I'm British. You know what I'm like with my British fighters. Oh, We're going in now. Carried away, Jesus. Anthony Joshua is the British Muhammad Ali. Yeah, <laughs> put that on your cereal packets and oh, flog it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then. On the, on the flip side of this fight at the weekend, because we are both in agreement, it's not a box office fight. He is a box office fighter. Yeah. Is Eric Molina potentially Anthony Joshua's Tony Thompson? Uh, every opponent potentially is Tony Thompson. Uh, I guess you're using Tony Thompson in regards to David Price. Yeah, just because it's close to home for us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, every opponent that Anthony Joshua's ever fought is is the potential to be as Tony Thompson. Molina will come in there with absolutely nothing to lose. You know, this is his opportunity to fight for a world title. You know, he, he fought against Deontay Wilder last year. He, he got found out. He got stopped by a Wilder. So he beat Adamek. He's the legit... It's a good win, that. Adamek's a great win, it's you know, and I think that the win over Adamek is what pushed 
um, Molina ahead of David Price, just speaking of David Price. For me, David Price is a better fight for the British public. Yeah. Makes more sense. It doesn't sell in America. David Price doesn't sell as an opponent for Anthony Joshua's world title defence in America because they just look at his record. This guy lost twice to Tony Thompson. Juiced up off of his eyeballs, but they it doesn't say that when you look at the record on paper. Molina's just beat Adamek. He's the IBF intercontinental, how's your body, whatever, title belt. But he, he's a legit ranked fighter with the IBF, so it, it makes sense. I, know, I can see why this fight is happening. But let's face it, it's a mark and time fight until that Klitschko fight comes off next year. And the rumours, as we mentioned the earlier on in the week. We'll, we'll mention it earlier on in the week, April 29th. The rumour is that it's going to be announced all going well this weekend. He bingos Molina. Everything, you know, there's confetti all over the place. Everybody's enjoying it. Woo-hoo-hoo! They announce April 29th, Wembley Arena. Get your tickets for Christmas. Bish, bash, bosh. Here we go. It's Klitschko time. Which is, which is what we all want. We want we want a real test uh, for Edge. Just, yeah. just uh, as well as that, Look, your, your, your opinion of him coming outside of London. Because, it, you know, Manchester, he's not been here. It's good as, as a headline. So it's good that he's here headlining outside of his city and it sells out so fast. So he's becoming that marquee name elsewhere rather than just at the O2. Yeah, and, you know, at the end of the day, he has fought outside of London before, you know, yeah. he's not he's not protected but not as the, in London. Uh, not as he's, the headline, is it? Well, he's fought in Liverpool a couple of times. Uh, you know, but he's fought up in Newcastle. He's always been on undercards. He's got that experience, but I know what you mean. He's he's not headlined a card outside outside London before. Um but this is obviously Eddie's building something special. We know we've got something special. This I, I don't want to sound like I'm I'm pissing over the AJ parade here. I'll get fucking beat up when I leave the studio by irate fans of AJ, but uh, we know he's a special talent. 17 wins, 17 knockouts. He can do no more than beat the man put in front of him. I just don't think we should get carried away just yet until he's in there with someone who's actually... No, I'm carried away. ...capable I'm carried away. Of, of beating him. But uh, but yeah, it's good that we're seeing him in the Manchester arena. It's great that the Klitschko fight's possibly happening down in Wembley. We just need to be careful that, again, to really get that audience, you know, for him to be on the same level as Lennox Lewis to achieve that like fame, that notoriety, to go beyond Frank Bruno. And at the moment, Anthony Joshua is still is still not as big as Frank Bruno was in his heyday. Mm. So he's got to get there yet. Once you get there, the key then is to fight in America. That's what's going to happen. That's what Anthony Joshua's got to do. After he beats Klitschko, he's got to go to America and fight Deontay Wilder. To make the big bucks, to, to really do it, to become a superstar... You've got to fight in America. As much as it kills us to say it, you've got to do it. And I think that's what's probably going to happen back in the 2017. If he can beat Klitschko, a fancy Fury to come back. I think the Fury fight later in the years, absolutely tailor-made for him. And then potentially Deontay Wilder at the end of the year, if Wilder's still a WBC champion over in America, making his New York or Las Vegas debut. That I can see could be AJ's year planned out in 2017. In this particular weight division, there's so much going on, and it's happening in Manchester uh, this weekend. We, I know that the WBO crown will be uh, um, obviously designated this weekend between Joseph Parker and Andy Ruiz. We will get to that in a minute. I promise you, if you're waiting for that uh, as you listen to the show. However, the um, even though that particular fight you wouldn't sell on its own as a box office fight, this undercard does stack up quite well. The the chief support is of course Dill versus Dell. For me, you know, you know where I'm at with this. Fireworks yeah. outside of the ring is absolutely brilliant, but as long as there's fireworks inside of the ring, and I've just got a feeling that this is going to be a bit of a damp squib, mate. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I hope we're wrong. I really do Same. hope we're wrong. I, just I hope, hope it comes it's a alive. Storm, yeah. 
I hope it comes alive. But Chisora has his way these days of just all arsing his way through fights, spoiling fights. You're proper scouse of that. All arsing his way through, you scouse. <laughs> <laughs> and I can see that happening, you know. I can see that happening. I think Dillian White's obviously younger, faster, stronger, got a little bit more ambition left in his belt, but I just don't know whether he's going to be able to cope with Chisora's uh, spoiling tactics. And unfortunately, yeah, I can only see a 12-rounder. And unfortunately, it'll be 12 rounds where we get to the end and we think, who, who fucking cares who won? <laughs> I hope we're wrong. I hope we're wrong. I hope someone gets absolutely bingoed yeah. and it's the knockout of the night because the card needs it. You know, the card needs big excitement. There's some good fights on here, but I think it, it needs to spring to life. I think Joshua Molina doesn't go three rounds. It'd be great if White Chisora didn't go three or four rounds either because mm. we don't want it to spoil it, do we? These big box office events, you know, whenever we attend them, whenever we watch them at home, there's nothing worse than you get all this expectation, you got the boys around with a few beers or you're there at ringside and everyone's adrenaline's pumping and then two fucking big dopes get in and, and, and brawl away through 12 <laughs> rounds and the atmosphere just drops. You know, you can hear a pin drop or... I just hope it's a good one. I hope it's one to remember. Well, the, speaking of which, this I, I hope that this happens. I don't think it is going to happen, but I hope that this happens. Still in the heavyweight division, the big Cuban, Luis Ortiz, is back in action, right? Now, we saw yeah. him, obviously, against Malik Scott, and it was a joke of a fight uh, on the Mon- uh, Monte Carlo card a couple yeah. of weeks back. Now, he's been... Apparently, he's, uh, I heard Malik Scott's there Saturday as well. Get lost, man. Yeah, he is, yeah. Is he, what, uh, has he ran all the way back from Monte Carlo? Is he's he's, he's uh, collecting tickets on the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Luis Ortiz has been paired up with Dave Allen, right? Now... Good on Dave Allen, man. Yeah, Fucking go for it. Yeah, absolutely. But there's, I've got reservations because we know... The Dave Allen thing, last time out when he gobbed off and he was saying that he was going to come and he was going to give it the big in against Dillian and all this type of stuff and he didn't turn up, Yeah. then... He went down in my estimations. I love him on social media. I think he's brilliant. He he's obviously made of nails and he can take a punch. He's going to have to because according to everybody else, Luis Ortiz does it. We haven't seen it really yet. Um, but I would love Dave Allen to bingo him. I think this could be a brilliant upset if Dave Allen did get did come away with something. If Dave Allen bingos Luis Ortiz, <laughs> he has arrived. He has arrived. And Good on him, man. This is his shortcut to a world title shot. Make no mistake, Luis Ortiz is ranked highly with every governing body we've spoke about him before he's either the best heavyweight out there mm. just waiting for his chance or he's the biggest enigma out there you know he's the he's the biggest fucking joke out there we just don't know because we've never seen him in he's never been at that level he's never had his world title shot we've never really seen him shine on the biggest stage this is his big opportunity you know to do a number on a British opponent and obviously call out Anthony Joshua call out whoever he wants to do but Dave Allen man you know he, he he can talk. He, he talks his way into these fights, doesn't he? Obviously, he didn't turn up at all last time around. If he does a Malik Scott man, so he won't get out of the Manchester Arena alive, though, will he? He's got to engage. He I don't he's think he will. I don't think he's that type of fighter. No, I think he's. I think he's just a proud man, and he that he's just going to go in there and, and go guns blazing. I think, and uh, I think it's. I think that one's going to end inside five rounds, and it could be pretty <laughs> brutal as well while it lasts. <laughs> We'll we'll finish Manchester now. As you look down that uh, undercard, there's a lot of decent names on there. Yeah. Um, which one? Which fight are you picking out? Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing my boy Callum Smith. Obviously, yeah. future world title contender. So tough one against Luke, isn't it? Because Luke's going to come. He's going to give. He's going to give it some. You'd anticipate that Callum would do the business, but Luke will come properly. We talked about it then with Dave Allen. I think Dave Allen, Lewis Ortiz, is, is two completely different levels. Potent, you know, potentially. 
Callum's on a on a, a completely different level to Luke Blackledge. But right now they're both domestic level fighters, if you like European level fighters. I think it's a lot. That's a lot closer than that heavyweight title fight. And yet Blackledge enters it in my mind the same as Dave Allen with absolutely nothing to lose and absolutely everything to gain because if he can beat Callum Smith he torpedoes himself potentially mm. in line to fight the winner of uh, James the Gale and Badu Jack when, when, after they have their unification fight because that's where Callum Smith is right now mm. so there's no reason why Blackledge wouldn't torpedo himself in there do I think he does it of course no I don't I think Callum's you would never back against special. Cal you'd never back against him would you he's a very special talent Callum you know <laughs> I've been following this kid since he was a schoolboy and uh you know, he's, he's, he's the best of all the brothers. The Baller brothers have, have admitted to that now. He's a very special fighter. Not only do I think he does a, does another professional job on Luke Blackledge, but I think he's a, he's the champion and waiting for the, the Gale versus Badu Jack as well. I fancy him to beat both of those guys. So that's the one I'm picking out as being the star performer. Cool. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that fight. And, you know, I, I beat up on her the other week, but I'm looking forward to seeing Katie Taylor actually fighting opponents with her. With an half decent record, you know. Yeah. Uh, I was a big fan of Katie Taylor in the amateur ranks. Uh, I was disappointed with her debut. Well, not with her debut, but I was disappointed with her debut p- opponent. Yeah, she uh, was brilliant. She was brilliant, but she was, she was supposed to be brilliant. She was great, exactly, you know. And, and she fought a girl who was, who was basically a glorified punch bag. Yeah. Whereas the the girl she fights on Saturday night is, is a girl with a nine and one record. You know, she's a she's a decent operator. So hopefully she'll come to fight, and it'll be a good test. No, absolutely. Uh, the fight for me. Light heavyweight, British titles on the line. Jose Burton, Frank Bulliani. Yeah. Frank's obviously stepping up in weight, but he has been in with world-class opposition. Big he, time. W- he was in with Fedor, wasn't he? Shouldn't have. He was a big fan of on this show. Um, he obviously came up short when he when he challenged for that particular belt at super middleweight, but he stepped up uh, to take on Jose Burton. This was originally due, many fans will remember, this was originally due um, on the Crawler-Lenares undercard, but uh, I think Frank got a cut and therefore pulled out. He's yeah. now been rescheduled for this particular fight. Jose has not really had a... a, a, a um, a, a good year, I suppose. Uh, when I caught up with him and had a little bit of a chat with him about it, we we spoke about his 2016. Since he's become light heavyweight champion, mm-hmm. obviously he was he was due to fight uh, our mate Tony Dodson in yeah. uh, Liverpool. Doddy ended up um, snapping his Achilles, didn't he? So he, he couldn't fight in that fight. So that fight was off. Frank first time round was off. So by my my question towards him was: this could be his third fight in order to keep that Lonsdale belt, and then 2017 he's kicking on. However, this is. He's, he's still right at the start of defending that particular belt. He's a big fan of it. As you've said on many occasions, most fighters want to keep the Lord Lonsdale belt. That's what exactly yeah. what he wants to do. Um, but for me, I just see the step up in weight for Frank Bullione, even though he's been in with more elite opposition in Chudinov, I just think it'll be just a bit too much and the bigger man, maybe down the stretch, will 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 prevail. Um, uh, Hosea thinks that he's going to knock him out inside four rounds. I mean, wow. that'll be a great performance if he does that. Uh, but for me, I just think this might go a little bit later, 8-9, and I, then I think Jose, the natural guy at light heavyweight, will take over. Yeah, I, th- but I think Jose's getting his confidence now, you see, because he's strung a load of, of, of stoppages together. I think he's four on the um, spin. This could be five at the weekend if he stops him. It is, yeah, but then the, <clears throat> the guys he's been stopping are nowhere in the same... Yeah, of course. They're not in the same league as uh, as Frank Bullione, you know, so he's been fighting a lot of Eastern Europeans, as we touched on then. Dodo wasn't the only one. He's had a couple of guys pull out on him this year, mm. and it's, it's left him kind of to pick up the pieces and fight against the Eastern European opposition. Guys he should be he should be putting away anyway. Yeah. He's put a couple of them away. He's obviously got the confidence. Now, I like Isaiah Burton, you know. I always questioned why. He never stopped more people, you know. I thought he 
the way he fights, I, I like I like the way he moves. I always wondered why he didn't stop as many people as he did. Maybe he's found that now, though. And you know, we're knocking on the opposition, but at the end of the day, you've got to put you still got to put these people away. Yeah, and he has been putting them away. So, you know, he obviously sounds very confident. As you say, it's tough to look past them with uh, with Frank not fighting in this weight class before. Certainly not a a title level. But uh, I think you're right. That could be the sleeper on the card. That's probably the best. I think that's probably the best matched fight on the card. I like the. I like uh, obviously Kalyafai going into world title class. I really don't know too much about conception, so yeah. I don't know how close that fight is. Obviously, you'd expect it to be a tough, a tough night for Kalyafai, even though he's been outstanding so far. But from what I do know, from look from both sides of the both red and blue corner. Burton versus Bullioni, that's the fight that I think could could be the could be the sleeper to light the night on fire. No, I agree with that. And just I'm glad you mentioned your fire because his social media obviously is keeping up to date with all his training. He looks in the 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 fitness peak of his life, mate. He looks in unbelievable shape. He's ripped to pieces. He's ready to go, the boy. He's obviously taking this opportunity with both hands. He does, yeah. And he's do you know what? He's been like that since day one. Him and their kid, they're just they're just gym rats, aren't they? These lads. They absolutely love it, you know, and uh even when they were on boxing for for Great Britain and yeah. everything else, you know, you, you could see these get these both of them were going to go a long way. And Cal's obviously got so much talent, so much talent. And uh, you know, for me, I know he's the challenger that weekend. But he enters for me, he starts as favourite. You know, the the fact that Conception's got a couple of losses on his record is all I need to know that this guy can be can be defeated. Uh, and what we've seen for, so far, no one can lay a glove on Cal Yafai. So. I expect it to be a little bit of a boxing masterclass. You know, there'll be a few up from Birmingham for that one as well. He's got a good following. Yeah, uh, he's got that much talent. It's almost a shame that he's so small. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's tough for these flyweight guys to make a good living, man. You know, people just aren't that interested in fight sports. The smaller you are, as we know, the smaller the check, mm. and uh, that, that's that's tough. You know, I've known some great flyweights over the years that just haven't been able to cash in, even though they've got so much talent and. Yafai, when you, you know, it's beating up pound for pound lists in the UK right now, you know, Yafai's name is right up there in the mix. You know, if you're talking pound for pound, the best technicians, the best movers, that you know, he's got everything. It's just the fact that he's just just a bit too small to really make it a, a huge impact. Imagine if he was like a, a, a middleweight or a super middleweight. My god, the whole country would be absolutely rapping about this kid. But uh, it's his first world title fight. Again, conception. Don't know too much about him, but I know he's lost a couple of fights. So uh, I fancy Yafai there to, to start fast, to get right out in front. And it wouldn't surprise me if he forced a late stoppage as well. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Uh, now, elsewhere, the WBO heavyweight title will be uh, decided at the weekend. The heavyweight t- titles have been all over the place. Obviously, since Tyson Fury blew this weight division up and then uh, relinquished belts, everybody's getting a crack of the whip. Everybody's getting a piece of the pie. And the WBO boys are going at it this weekend. Joseph Parker uh, taking on Andy Ruiz. I'm going to be honest with you, mate. I think it's a no-brainer, this fight. You might think otherwise, because I'm no doubt you've got a little bit more education on Andy Ruiz. But for me, Joseph Parker wins this, becomes the WBO champion. Yeah, it's a vacant belt, isn't it? So no one's the champion going in at the moment. So it's always always good when they get two guys matched together who's... Who someone's always got to go in it, you know. Both undefeated guys. Ruiz is a weird one because you know he's he's come through from California. He's not really fought much outside of of the uh, the West Coast. You know, we don't really know too much about him. I know he's the NABF heavyweight champ or whatever, but. 
there doesn't seem to be much of a buzz about him, is there? No one's really no. talking about this kid. Even in the US, no one's really talking about him either. So it's hard to know exactly what he brings to the table. Parker, of course, you know, the fight's going down in Auckland. He's a champion down there. You know, they, they love him down there. He's a bit of a national hero, obviously. So it's it's hard to look past him, uh, you know, picking up that world title belt. But again, it's 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 a strange heavyweight division right now. And if for years it was just all about the Klitschkos, and now you know we've got belts in Australia, belts going to New Zealand, belts obviously here in the UK. It's just all over the place right now. It's mm. it's it's totally fragmented the entire heavyweight division, which is great from a fan's perspective, but it's just tough to keep track of everything that's going on. Uh, I think we I think we can all agree that Klitschko, Fury, uh, Wilder, Joshua are probably the the top four or five guys in the world. I think the rest of these guys are, are basically fighting to fighting for the right. To uh, to try and work the way into that mix because that's where the money is in the heavyweight division. But yeah, I, I, you know, again, I, I can't see anything but a Parker a Parker win there this weekend. Now, we announced maybe two three weeks ago that the WBO uh, said that the winner of that fight would have to face David Hay uh, yeah. within ninety days. Now, obviously, since we announced that, David Hay has signed up for a fight with Tony Bellew. Nice payday in March, and therefore, because that fight falls in that ninety day bracket. He relinquishes that WBO mandatory situation and therefore they've had to come up with another one. That other one is Huey Fury. So the winner of this particular fight within 90 days has to get it on um, with uh, Tyson's cousin. It's mental, isn't it? Again, it's Fair just... play, the guy. Fair play, Oh, man. yeah. Listen, that's a sensational news for Huey Fury. You know, he's, he's it, it must be tough living in the, uh, living in the shadows of... Of uh, you know the the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, but he's just ticked along, hasn't he? Taking care of his own business, you know. He's uh, he and he's been dealing with illness. I think what's that thing that he's had? Is it acne conglobata or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he's not been well at all. Yeah, he's had something quite bad, and therefore it's been he's been fighting all his career with it, and he's only just been diagnosed with it. So that God knows what he's going to be like now that he's on the right medication and getting himself sorted with that particular illness. He's going to be unbelievable because the kid's undefeated. Yeah, exactly. And he's twenty fights undefeated as well. And this is a kid that only turned pro like three years ago. Yeah, Huey. You know, there's been no stopping the kid. And uh, okay, you know, he, he's not quite fought at any kind of decent level as far as I'm concerned just yet. But uh, I tell you what, I'd be front of the queue waiting for the Joseph Parker or even Andy Ruiz emerges with this WBO belt. I fancy Huey Fury against to, you know to take it to both of those guys. I think Same. both those are winnable fights for Huey Fury, even though we've not seen Huey Fury at a what I would say was is an elite level. So it's uh, it's interesting to have another Fury in the mix. It, the, the Furies could take over like the Klitschkos. They did. could be the Klitschkos, man, <laughs> couldn't they? Can you imagine that? It'd be mental, wouldn't it? Mental. It'd be amazing. It would be amazing. You've got the you've got the silent assassin in Huey, and then you've got Tyson who would just bring all the fun of the fair. It would be mental. <laughs> Strange, strange situation. But that's hey, that's the heavyweight division right now, isn't it? It's crazy. Mm. Um, also in action this weekend, out of the heavyweight division, there are some other fights going on. It's a mental, mental uh, weekend in the world of boxing. We've spoke about Jamal Charlo quite a lot uh, on this show because obviously he's in the same weight category as Liam Smith. Both me and Nick think that Liam Smith had smashed Charlo to pieces. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Jamal is defending his title against uh, Julian Williams. I think it's routine. I think he'll come through that quite easy. But also on that undercard, uh, two guys that we've been familiar with through our association with Stephen Smith, uh, Jesus 
Andres Cuella taking on uh, Abner Mares. That's a really good fight in that particular division. And uh, who knows, that might propel them a little bit further up the rankings. However, both me and you are fully of the understanding that there's only one uh, boy from Ukraine who dominates that particular division. Are we right, my friend? Yes, there's only one. <laughs> there's only the one pound for pound greatest boxer on the planet today. Mr. Hightech himself. Mr. Hightech, Mr. Shitty Trainers. <laughs> there he is. Uh, also in action, Terence Crawford, John Molinar Jr. I don't know much about Molinar Jr. I'm going to be honest with you. Crawford's coming through that quite comfortably. Crawford's world class, man. He's he, talking about pound for pound stars now. He, for me, he's in there. He's right in the top 10, uh, potentially even top five. Terence Crawford right for now. I love this kid. Really looking forward to seeing this fight at the weekend. Again, it's, uh, it's tough to look past uh, Crawford there, putting in another big performance. No, absolutely. Then it could be it could be Manny next. Fingers crossed. Well, not fingers crossed. I want it Lomachenko, but yeah, it's probably more likely to be Terence Crawford. I think it's more likely to be Terence Crawford. Yeah, at one forty. But uh, you know, I'm looking forward to that fight. I'm looking forward to this. Is the thing you see, these guys, they know Crawford knows a big performance at the weekend unlocks potentially a, a super fight with Manny Pacquiao, and uh, you know what kind of you know we'll see in his performance what that kind of incentive leads to. You know, again. I can't stop thinking about Billy Joe's performance last week, you know, at the weekend, and you just think that was his opportunity. These opportunities don't come along in your career long. You've got to, you've got to pounce on them because Billy Joe shines last week. You know, we could, we could have instead of picking up the pieces on on, on Wednesday's show, we would have been talking about a Golovkin fight, and hopefully today's show we'd have been talking about a Golovkin reaction to that performance. And you know, it's frustrating, but anyway, that's bringing it back to Terence Crawford. He does a number this weekend, calls out Manny, could have our super fight in our hands for spring. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why have they not announced their competition winner? Who's won the tickets to go to watch Anthony Joshua, Eric Molina and all that stacked undercard that they've just been talking about at Manchester Arena? Well, hold your horses, because this is the part of the show where we tell you who's won. Congratulations, Jay Whitbread. Jay, I'm led to believe that you listen to us on a weekly basis. First of all, thank you so much for that. I'm led to believe that you're part of all our social media as well. Thank you so much for that. Please check your inbox, my friend. We have messaged you. There are a pair of tickets waiting for you to go to this epic encounter at the weekend, mate. Courtesy of us here at Fight Disciples and the lovely people at Matchroom that managed to get us a pair of tickets uh, for this event. All you've got to do is respond to that email, mate, and we will point you in the right direction of how you can get your hands on that ticket and the relevant passwords that you're going to need in order to collect your tickets, pal. Have a great night on us. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. So there you go. That's what we think from this weekend. Thank you very much for uh, downloading this particular podcast. If you don't subscribe, hit the subscribe button. We're on iTunes uh, and we're also on social media. Please come and join us for a little bit of a crack uh, throughout the course of this particular fight weekend at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.